0: Oh, he loves the what a goal.
1: This is the halftime show with Umara Duri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Shalom and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar al I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. Coming up on today's show, former England and Chelsea captain John Terry. That's right, you heard it here. John Terry, five Premier League titles, four FA Cups, three League Cups, one Europa League and one Champions League. He's one of five players who've made over 500 appearances for Chelsea and is now assistant manager of Aston Villa. I've got a chance to ask him in all his years who was the toughest team he faced, the best play played against, and the chances of him joining Chelsea with Frank Lampard. All this and more on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the halftime show podcast. Half Show with Omar 95. Welcome to The Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I am absolutely honoured, and I say honoured, even I'm from London, as you know already, I'm honoured to have John Terry, legend, captain, coach, uh, with me on the show. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, mate.
0: Really nice to be here. Um,
1: now, now, Joe, where do we start? Uh, firstly, how has the transition been between player to coach?
0: It's been a natural one for me, I think, because because I kind of finished, I had a three-month break uh, in Portugal with a the family, then I was kind of right, itching feet, ready to get back in, and um, I'm glad that the Villa opportunity come up. Obviously, I played there for a year. I knew the manager as well, I knew Dean Smith, my brother used to play with him, so there was that connection there. it's been a really good transition and not much time to really think about it, but one I thoroughly enjoyed. And and being a natural leader, that transition must have been, I think, more more fluent than most.
1: Uh, How has it been being in the Championship and then coming up to the Premier League?
0: I think the year I had obviously served me well. It was my first year I played in the Championship. So I knew of the league, knew of the players, the style and what it was about, which was important as well. And the manager obviously uh, come from Brentford, had a, a great time there. Obviously, why Villa got him in charge, but um, the experience from his side is, is one I'm learning from. Um, I think we both worked well together, and it's um, obviously got us promotion last year. And thankfully, we're back in the Premier League now.
1: Yeah, amazing. And I know there's been whispers, and there's been plenty of stuff with what's happening at Chelsea at the moment, especially with the reunion of you and Frank Lampard. Now, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but is that something we could see possibly you guys reuniting in
0: the future? I'm not, I'm not sure actually. Frank's obviously got his staff and yeah. like for me I think everyone knows, I mean everyone at Villa knows, the manager knows, my long-term goal is to be a manager, to be a number one. So um, when I finish as a player, I finish at the very top and I'm delighted with that. I've now kind of reset, I'm on my coaching uh, development and, and, and my badges and I'm, I have to reset and go right to the very bottom and I'm, I'm not afraid to kind of be where I'm at. I'm learning every day Like I said before But I've got a long way to go Of where I want to be As a coach And as a manager And learning will only get me there But eventually I want to be a number one So it's difficult If me and Frank Obviously You know Both want to be number one That's not going to happen But um, I'm just grateful Him and Jody Are back at Chelsea And doing well Yeah And you said You said a key word Reset And also for all
1: those We want to let know About the process of coaching Because I'm an aspiring coach myself And I've been uh, looking at you guys for, for years and I, and I knew there's certain players you know are going to be natural coaches being the leadership that you guys have. How has the process been of, you know, resetting, as you said, to, to go back up again?
0: Yeah, well, I think like all of us, you get to the end of your playing days and then you start thinking about the next path, the next steps. And like most players, they'll kind of get to the age of 33, 34. Start, start the process of doing their coaching badges. So you start, if you've played at international level, you get kind of a head start really and go in at level B. Once you do your B licence, you then move on to your A licence and then your Pro licence, which I'm on at the moment, and you kind of learn along the way as well. But there's no greater kind of learning curve than being on the training field every day. And that's that's the biggest thing for me. You know, I'm very, very lucky because the likes of Stevie Lamps, uh, all the young managers, Brendan Rogers, Mourinho, I can phone up and and ask questions to and I do and, and they're very grateful. But I think from that generation, like you said, as well, of all of us, Stevie Lamps, myself, Uh, I think there'll be many more from from the younger managers But now they've done so Well I think owners of of football clubs Are really going to look to give younger managers a chance as well
1: This is Pulse 95 You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast This is the Halftime Show With Omar on, 95 95 I'm just thinking of that golden generation that you guys came out of and real leaders, you know, nowadays people are questioning if there's still leadership in the game because there's so much involved. There's technology, there's social media, there's several coaches, there's technical staff. With that transition, with that process that you've gone through, what's admirable is that you've been able to almost through the coaches you've had, like Jose Mourinho and and Brendan Rodgers
0: and everything else, shape your own self. Do you take something from each and every one of them? Yeah, you you can't try and be Jose Mourinho because for (laughs) me he's the best and there'll be no one ever like him again, but um, you take little bits over the year, good and bad, from all managers, so I've had probably 99% of all unbelievable managers there's been one or two that I didn't kind of enjoy working under and you kind of learn from that as well so making notes throughout my career like I say my playing days when from when Mourinho first arrived really in 2004-5 really went wow this guy is special I know he said it but I'm saying it as well but um, really learn from them and and, and you just want to be yourself so shaping shaping yourself taking little bits like you say from each and every one of them.
1: you said it, and I'm really intrigued. You said you can just pick up the phone and, and call Jose. How does that conversation go when you when you pick up the phone and say, obviously you're at Aston Villa now mm. and uh, and you're doing really really good, and also the identity you guys have had. Mm. You know, when you newly promote this, people are like a more pragmatic approach. You guys haven't done that. Yeah. Um, when you do pick up the phone to Jose, what's the first thing you say to him?
0: Well, actually, he, he's the one who kind of sends messages. Good luck at the start of the season. Always there for you. You know, If I wanted to ask him any questions, he would always be there for myself, for Lamps, for the players that have played under him and that's why we all love him. He's the, the, the pinnacle, that's where one day you hope to get to the Nevels. If it's possible, I'm not sure, but that, that's my target for me, to get to get as close as him as, as I can. But Very lucky, like I say, Brendan Rodgers, and we're very lucky that like, Lamps, we played with 14 managers, I think, in our time at Chelsea. We could go to Italy and go and see Antonio Conte because I played under him, can go and watch him train. He'll allow us in the building, can go and do that with Brendan at Leicester, Mm. can go and go and pop in at Chelsea with lamps when I want, you know, it's it's all of those things that are gonna serve me well, so I'm very fortunate in that aspect.
1: Stylistically, Antonio Conte, you you, kind of he kicks every ball with his players, you know, and especially the first season when he came on and changing systems and everything like that. How was that as a player? And how, is that, how have you now integrated that as a coach?
0: Yeah, well I think when he first arrived well, we're a very tactical manager, um, obviously coming from Italy, which they are and can be. We worked so hard on the pitch, in the gym and on the training field as well, done a lot of running. In that time I was at the back end of my career, so I loved the kind of tactical side of it, the running side of it, the physical aspect. We just had a game plan and we knew, everyone knew exactly what they had to do in that game. And that's because you've worked on it regularly. Now, as a player, that can be, become a little bit mundane. So how do you sustain that? Um, I'm not sure. It's, it's a difficult balance because you want to work. You want to get players, you know, making sure they know when they go on the pitch, that so they know exactly what they've got to do. But to do that for 20, 30 minutes a day when you're working an hour, an hour and a half a day, eats into that time when you want the players to enjoy it as well. So Ancelotti used, used a great example to me um, not so long ago going, When you do a tactical aspect in training, then you have to then give one to the players. So whether that's a small-sided game or a bit of fun shooting, and then you go one for me, one for you, one for me, one for you. And I think you always have to keep the players engaged and always evolving.
1: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Aburi. Oh, on 95, 95. I'm on a more serious note, something that's come to the surface now mental health. Um, Footballers are larger than life to us fans, yeah? And then all of a sudden, what, what happens as a player once you? Obviously, for you, you've gone straight into football. Yeah. But how do you see mental health now in the world of sport, like in football?
0: Well, I think it's great. Firstly and foremost, that uh, players are coming out speaking and are more openly. And I think the more people do, the, the younger generation will see that and know that there is a place there and a platform for them to go and speak openly and, and be very comfortable doing that. And like all of us, throughout our careers, we've had kind of ups and downs. Myself being being one on the field, off the field. But um, just knowing that there's people there to support you along the way in most football clubs nowadays. But as well, like I said, it's, uh, it's important that they know and feel comfortable doing that. Because, like all of it, when, when you retire, you go from playing every week in front of thousands and thousands of people chanting your name. And then you kind of come to a Saturday and you, you don't feel that same buzz. And you kind of, you know, it's a difficult process for a lot of players. Even myself, you know, I've been there, you, you go through it coaching's unbelievable and I'm enjoying it but it's never going to replace playing you know so like all of us we miss that and it's important that we keep our time involved in football
1: absolutely and um, last two I promised John I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you like you're a friend of mine I want to, I want to catch <laughs> no you problem but, um, toughest you played against some big teams mm. big teams I remember classic games Barcelona by the way I'm not a Chelsea fan but I know all, I studied the game quite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember you playing against Barcelona I remember you playing against the Arsenals, I remember playing against the Manchester United Toughest team and toughest player that
0: you played against? Toughest team would have to be Barcelona, 2004-05. And I think that generation of Barcelona was the best team I think I'll ever see. The players they had individually and collectively was a, a little bit intimidating, but I think as a, we was lucky, we had Jose in charge, but we had a really good uh, core of players at, at Chelsea at the time as well. And, and actually, in them games, we never kind of feared them. We went and confronted them and, and probably give them a real tough couple of years. Actually, in the competitions, um, 2009, where we should have beat him in the Champions League fi- uh, semi-final, uh, so a few disappointments. But for me, the, the kind of best player I've, I've played against on a weekly basis will be Thierry Henry. Um, just had everything pace, power left foot, right foot but I think for me the best player ever is, is Messi and I'm, I'm grateful that I've managed to test myself against the very best
1: Amazing, amazing Last question um, City and Liverpool obviously have been in the title race and everyone's talking about them City being back-to-back champions looking at a treble um, Liverpool being European champions but no one's talking about Chelsea or Leicester and they're in the mix at this stage at this stage I know it's early why do you see the race coming up?
0: it's an interesting one I'm actually I don't want people talking about Chelsea just let them quietly go about their business <laughs> yeah. let Man City in Liverpool keep fighting yeah. and uh, listen long may Chelsea continue winning like I said before Frank's done an unbelievable job I'm so proud of what he's doing there uh, more importantly the youngsters back in the football club as well he's obviously had a couple of them at Derby we had Tammy at Villa last year done great and to see them getting their opportunity working in fighting for the football shirt is what the, the Chelsea fans want to see so um, we'll quietly go about our business <laughs> and watch, watch the other two all right well John thank you so much for being Thanks, part man. of half the halftime show we really appreciate no, that pleasure,
1: mate. And, um, and thank you so much for blessing us with the show you're welcome thank you this is Pulse 95 you're listening to the halftime show podcast is The Halftime Show with Omar on, 95, Welcome back to The Halftime Show. And if you're just tuning in and want to catch up on all of our shows, you can listen to them on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just type in The Halftime Show with Omar Duri, and we are there. We've got some fantastic guests covering brilliant topics such as mental health, brain management, and the way to fuel gut health. And we've reached full time on The Halftime Show. And you know what? Having... You know, met John Terry in person. Really, really down-to-earth guy. Very cool. And actually quite a big guy as well. Uh, You know, on TV, he looks a little bit more smaller. But here, uh, having met him and and, and spoken to him today, it's been awesome. Remember to catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday at 3 p.m. On the only place to be at 3, Pulse95. Peace.